This is Chicago's College Tailgate. Tailgate. Shane Norman and Tyler. Shane and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. And welcome on in to Chicago's College Tailgate, presented by Twin Peaks, Tyler Rocky and Shane Norling, getting you set for week 12 in the college football world. And with so much going on, Michigan in shambles, we've got James Madison hosting game day today. We've got a game that may decide the fate of the Pac-12 in the playoff today as well. And we've also got our big games to pick, as well as a parlay to craft today. But, Shay, let's start with what's going on at Michigan, because a new wrinkle. It, every single week, there's something new. Every day. You want to know what's funny? Is once upon a time, we decided, you know what? We are going to act as if, when we were evaluating what should happen to Michigan, we're going to act as if nothing more is going to come out. What a futile exercise that was. <laughs> Since we did that, I think like 15 things have... We've got Connor Stallion selling vacuums off of his front porch as an HOA violation in the Ann Arbor. Now we've got Uncle T, the mythical Uncle T, which is maybe the most classic name I can think of in a cheating scandal to come out of. The, like, Booster Uncle T is the guy that was funding Connor Stallion's big cheating scandal. It's incredible. No wonder he didn't submit a expense report. He was just good out of the, the, the Uncle T uh, fund that, that was coming whole, in. The whole expense report thing <laughs> was unreal. Like, Michigan fans came underneath that story in the comments and everything, and I just kept, oh, but I thought they did something wrong. I thought that the university was paying for it. And I'm like, do you really... Do you really think that, like, in the drop-down at the umich.edu or whatever where you're putting your expense reports in, in the software, it's got illegal activity as a drop-down option? They're not filing expense reports for cheating. Not even these clowns are that stupid. You know what would, like, that would have been a real sign and a real threat of national security. People forget, Connor Stallions once upon a time worked for the U.S. military. He's a naval officer. (laughs) He was, like, he was decoding codes for the Navy. This guy, if he's submitting an expense report for the money that he's taking from the university to cheat, he would be the dumbest human being. He would be dumber than Mel Tucker. (laughs) He would be the dumbest human being in the history of the Earth. So this is the news story here is that part of the NCAA's evidence against Michigan includes Uncle T and his involvement basically funding the advanced scouting scheme and the sign stealing scheme that Connor Stallions and company had cooked up that we now know Jim Harbaugh will be suspended for the rest of the regular season as he and Michigan have agreed to accept the suspension from the Big Ten, that means he gets to coach during the weeks, but on Saturday, he is not allowed inside the venue where the game is being held. And this, all this tells me is that when he met with the Big Ten and they kind of unveiled all the evidence that they had, there's something else here. Yeah. And the fact that this is all getting dropped now, they said, you know what? Your policy says we're only supposed to be suspended for two games. We're going to accept three. And not just that, 
but we we're gonna we're not gonna fight this anymore. We're not gonna go for the temporary restraining order. We're not gonna take this thing to court because what you have probably has to be way worse than whatever Harbaugh missing three Saturdays for the rest of the the season is. And he's not even missing the Saturdays. He's traveling with the team to Maryland today. He can be on the field for pregame warmups. He can be in the locker room for prep. He can deliver a pregame speech. He can do all of it. You just can't be on the sideline once kickoff happens. So did that get changed then? He did it last week. He went through all the pregame prep at Penn State. He just couldn't be on the sideline once kickoff happened. That's not what I'm reading right now from, I think it was Thamel, saying Harbaugh will be there. He will go through pregame prep. He did it last week. And it it's not a real suspension. So if I'm Michigan A, I just accept it from the start. Like, I never understood why they were fighting this so hard. It's not even a slap on the wrist. It's Fugazi punishment. It's not real. He's not suspended during the week. He can install game plans. He can take guys through the drills. He can hold position meetings. He can have meetings with his coordinators. He can do everything except be on the sideline for three hours on Saturday afternoon. So why were you ever going to fight this? But I think you're right. Like For a school that was a lot of pounding their chest and getting loud and angry about due process and the need to see this through, and Ward Manuel uh, came out of his cage a little bit this week to have some comments about the conference and how bad of a job that they're doing. And really what he had to say, it sounded like a guy who... Not a lot in the closet to find if you're going to talk. Here's a quote. Not liking someone or another university or believing without any evidence that they knew or saying someone should have known without an investigation is not grounds to remove someone from their position before the NCAA process has reached a conclusion through a full NCAA investigative process. He went on to add that fellow Big Ten coaches and ADs can rejoice today that someone was held accountable. And it's like... You don't say those things if your closet isn't clean. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that everything's good. So what changed in five days that now the weapons are laid down, you've offered a sacrificial lamb in the linebackers coach, Chris Partridge, Mm -hmm. who you canned because apparently after this all broke, he was like trying to break computer hard drives that held the evidence. Now you've got boosters linked to this, the mythical Uncle T. It just, Tyler, I think that Michigan finally did the smart thing. Lay down the weapons, cut a deal, we'll take whatever we need to take as punishment to save the rest of this season, and we'll move forward and the NCAA can do what they want when they get to it. But when you think about boosters being involved, that's the smoking gun. That's where I think you're dead. Yeah, when you get the boosters involved, like that, that is... Of the same ilk of paying players prior to NIL. Like, that's that's where you saw all of these universities get in trouble. That's how you saw things get handed down at USC and all that stuff from uh, about a decade ago. Like, that's where all of this kind of... That, that's why we have NIL. It's so we don't have boosters being a part of the sports anymore in terms of funding players and, and giving competitive advantages to the university. That's why NIL has become a thing is to try to weed some of that stuff out. And you're going behind the NCAA's back for something like this. It's not going to sit well with them. And now you're good for this year, but when the NCAA lays their hammer down, I'd expect there to be a lot more 
penalties come in Michigan's way in the form of recruiting violations, perhaps bowl bans, all of that stuff moving forward. But, you know, Shay, I've been kind of teetering back and forth between the will Harbaugh leave, will he not leave? It's a firm yes for me now. There's no way Michigan's going to survive this in the the short term. There's no way Harbaugh's going to want to put up with this in the short term when he's got his uh, his get out of jail free card with the NFL. And uh, sure, he may have to serve some sort of suspension if he were to eventually leave for the NFL, but I think it would be much less consequential to leave, go to the NFL instead of try to Basically, coach a, a dead program for the next probably four or five years. Yeah, I think he's gone. Like, I, that this, decision's yeah, this is been it. made. For me, I, I would be stunned if Harbaugh goes back. There was a point in time a couple weeks ago I thought, maybe he'll just accept whatever suspension comes out, sign the extension, and just stay in Michigan. But now that you have booster involvement, like you brought up USC, remember that Reggie Bush, all that happened was some wannabe, not even actually employed NFL agent who wasn't an NFL agent had a lot of money and bought Reggie Bush's mom a house and got him to USC. And what happened to USC for that? It's a guy who wasn't even in the program. It was a fake agent. They got two years of postseason ban. They lost 30 scholarships over multiple seasons. They got sanctioned to the moon. And now, like, dude, that's what I feel like is coming to Michigan. And the scholarship thing, I don't know if that's going to happen. Because it doesn't really happen anymore. But to me, the odds... But that's the biggest penalty you can hand down. Absolutely. Reduction of scholarships. Like, I believe, what, that happened with Kansas. And, and correct me here, Justin Pottinger, who's producing uh, for us today. But that is, like, didn't Kansas for a long time have, like, a 20 or 30 scholarship reduction? And that's pr- pretty much why Kansas has been a nothing program for the last, like, 20 years. Like it, the the scholarship reduction is the worst penalty that you can hand down in college sports. Yeah, th- think about USC from the post Reggie Bush Pete Carroll era to now. It was a decade of middling, in part because they lost thirty scholies. And I don't know if that's going to happen to Michigan, but I would be stunned if they're playoff eligible next year. Yeah, at this point, I, that would shock me. And if you're not playoff eligible, and if you do end up losing scholies. Harbaugh's not sticking around for no. that. You're going to make his job harder than it already is for no reward? He's going somewhere else. He's no. going back to the NFL. He's coming to Chicago. I don't know. But he's hey. not going to be the coach at Michigan. And you know what? Maybe he leaves and maybe he goes to the NFL for a little bit, kind of waits out, lets the choppy waters pass, and maybe he comes back to Michigan in, in seven years after he wears out his NFL welcome. Oh, yeah, when he's 71 right? or something, he's going to come I back mean, to the university. There's older coaches. Yeah, fair. I, like, that could be the pathway. I don't know if he'd be welcomed back, to be honest. Michigan gets sanctioned here. The also, he, Would he be 70? No, he wouldn't. I think he's going to be 60 next year. So 67-ish. I gotta see this. I would have thought he's in his like fifties right now. I think he's like, fifty nine. Okay, fifty nine. Yeah, he turns sixty on December twenty third. So there you go. So you're talking about sixty seven year old Jim Harbaugh. There's older coaches out there. Yeah, but that, at a school where the boosters and the the power brokers are all reputation over everything, like there are people there who well, already Michigan will be hate in a rut. Happening. Michigan will be in a rut over the next three four years, and then he'll be viewed as the guy who can come back and save him because he's done it once before. Who is Uncle T? 
I know who you think it is, and I know this has been floated around. There is not a chance that it is Tom Brady. I don't actually think it's Tom Brady. I just think that's the funniest possible But here's the other thing. (laughs) Even with Tom Brady, like, I never think Michigan, like, I don't think Tom Brady loves Michigan like this. And maybe I'm wrong on that, and I'm just, I'm too detached from it, but I don't think, like, Michigan, when I think of famous Michigan alum, Tom Brady is not one of the first guys that comes to mind for me. He's been involved, though. Like, remember a few years ago, he spoke to the team ahead of the season, and when he was on the suspension with the Patriots, he was playing catch with his kid in Ann Arbor on the field. I feel like Michigan he does mean something like to him. He like, once, once in a while, but, like, I never think Tom Brady is a staple of the Michigan football program. I don't know how much of a selling point Tom Brady is for the Michigan football program. I think there was a while where he probably hated them, too, because they made him f- compete for a job with Drew Henson. There were fans booing him off the field when he was the quarterback at Michigan. Mm-hmm. He hated Lloyd Carr, it sounds like. So you just, I don't know if he's that attached to the program. I do think it's this guy that they found that's on, like, the board of uh, regents, the athletic board or whatever, Tim Smith, I think the name is. Mm-hmm. If he's attached to the university in any way, shape, or form, the sledgehammer is coming. Yeah, they're going to bury this program. Yeah, can you see a smile on my face? I know you're, just, you're all giddy. It's, it's exciting, not like man. But like, it, it's not like your program's up next. No, uh, but you just no, like to see the world burn. No, my program's <laughs> nowhere close to up next. Tyler, they're holding a press conference. My Michigan State in like ten days, where they're mm-hmm. supposed to announce the head coach. I don't even know who they've interviewed. I don't know if they've interviewed anybody. I have no idea who it's going to be. I know who I'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. Dude, if we hire Urban Meyer at this moment. It'd be, it, you would be dancing. You would be doing cartwheels. It would for, be the greatest day of your life. For the next month, I would walk exclusively via backflips. <laughs> That's the only way I'd walk anywhere. It'd be a fun four or five year ride for sure. And then Harbaugh would be back in the conference to torture you. Moving forward. That's fine. Give me the five years and then find me the next Ryan Day. Mm -hmm. And we'll just be present forever. All right. When we come back, there is more NCAA kind of egg on their face situation. And it has to do with the location of game day today. We'll discuss what's happening with James Madison and why you should care. All that's coming up next here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. show, show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. I think we should start the pot around the office. The office... It's not a pool, I guess, but we're we're going to try to get Courtney Cronin to ask Matt Eberflus if he's interested in the Texas A&M job. <laughs> Can you imagine the answer we would get? I didn't think you were going to say it on the air. Why not? What, what was there to hide there? So, I'm texting her right now. Dan Campbell. Bears play Lions this week. We're your home for Bears football here on ESPN 1000. Dan Campbell was asked if he was interested in the Texas A&M job. I wonder if we should ask Matt Eberflus if he's interested in the Texas A&M job. Just see what he says. What do you, what do you think? Here, should we do a little mock press conference here? <laughs> Matt, the Texas A&M job has become available. Do you have any interest in, in being the next head coach of the Aggies? 
Oh, I would just say right now, um, you know, we're focused on what's coming up this week. And I don't have a lot to uh, say about the Texas A&M job, but it is open. But we're just focused right now on what's coming up on Sunday. So you're not saying no. I would just say that I uh, am just working on what's coming up on Sunday with the Chicago Bears. So you do have some level of interest. Well, I would just say that um, I wouldn't say that I have some level of interest. I would just say that I'm working on Sunday. I'm just working on getting ready for the game this that would Sunday twist his in Detroit. Mind. That, that, would, that would leave him in a blender. Can you Matt Eberflus is like, you know, I would take that job in a heartbeat. <laughs> that's that's one the PR in. staff didn't prep you on, didn't brief you on. Um, 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 the, uh, the job's open? I didn't even know. <laughs> Seems pretty good. You can get the, the check. You can get fired and still get paid to not have the job. I would take it. That's the best. Uh, that's the best job in college football. Maybe, best, maybe be the, just the best job in general. The best <laughs> job in the world is fi- uh, fired college football head coach, especially from a, an oil money school. Unless you're Mel Tucker, then it's not the best job anymore because yeah. you know you're not going to get the money. But if you're Jimbo, best job in the world. Do you have an early pick for the A and M? Next coach? I don't. I actually don't know. You know what? I'm going to say it. I think it's Dion. Dion. I think Prime, after last night, I think Prime leaves Colorado. I do. I th- I would probably agree with you there. You think about like Dion, the money that he's being paid at Colorado. They don't have the money to give him. Like they do not have the money. They didn't have the money to match Mel Tucker at Michigan State. How are you going to compete with the the oil moguls down at A and M? They literally signed him to a deal that they don't have money to cover. Like that's true. He's go. He's gone. He's not going to be there for a super long period of time. And I think, look, I you, forgot about that wrinkle of the Dion yeah, deal. They <laughs> the do AD not, in the introductory press conference. We don't have the money, but we're going to find it. They do not have the money to pay his contract. Like, I, I feel like Dion after last night, fifty-six to fourteen. You can talk all you want about. Well, we just need to find new offensive linemen. Look, pal, best of luck. It's going to be a lot easier to do when you have all the resources at A and M. I think Dion takes that. It's gig. the perfect marriage. It I is, didn't blame it him is, either. No, yes, that that was. I mean, I'm not one to to talk down on career advancement. I, like that's exactly what this is. He's he's taken the next step in his career. I would I would hope he takes the job. I think it, it's great for the SEC. It's great for A and M. It's great for college football. If Dion's at A and M, yeah. I woke up this morning and I saw a tweet that was getting a lot of traction. It was what went wrong with Colorado this year, and I'm like, a lot the, went right. <laughs> yes, people fooled you into thinking they were actually a good football team. Is what went wrong. The team sucks. They've yeah. always sucked. All right, let's get into what's taking place over at game day right now. Game day is at James Madison. A lot of people may be thinking, why is game day at James Madison? They're 10-0! and 0. They are one of the few undefeated still remaining in college football. And they've put together one hell of a season. Not just the 10-0 and 0 record, but they're, like, legit good. Yeah. And they're probably the best group of five team. It would have been Air Force until Air Force decided to uh, end their season. Now it's JMU. Yep. So James Madison is your site for college game day this week. In the AP poll, they are ranked 18th. 
they do not show in the college football playoff rankings because they are ineligible by the committee standards of making the college football playoff because they made the leap from FCS and are therefore supposed to have a two-year ban from the postseason when you do make the leap from the lower D- Division One AA to Division One A. You have to serve a two-year bowl ban for whatever reason. I don't know. I was just going to ask, can it. you explain to me why? Because you would think that a team that makes the leap, this would never be a problem in the first place. Because you're working with FCS recruits for those first two years, no matter what. You're not starting a freshman, or if you are starting a freshman that is of quote-unquote FBS caliber, they're probably like... Freshmen aren't super productive in college football. There's a reason why a lot of these guys, especially now in the COVID era, going up against guys who are like 25 and 26 years old. And, and I mean, one, I mean, Clemson's kicker had a job a couple weeks ago in, in the real world as like a a financial advisor. And now he's, he's kicking for Clemson. Um, But so you have to serve a two year postseason ban as a part of your, initiation is that what you want to call it to division one fbs i I don't know teams get slaughtered why are we punching down on teams that are elevated like this is like if the iowa cubs got a wild card spot like that's how well this team is playing yeah and we're gonna punish that the thing that bugs me about it is you're not punishing anyone except for the players on that team this team's 10-0, and 0, and they put the, this appeal in. It was the third time that they've attempted it, a wave of the second year of the ban, so that they can compete in a bowl game, they can get to the postseason, they can play for a Sun Belt championship. All of the things that you would normally get to do if you have a season of this caliber regularly. And the NCAA, for the third time, said no. And I don't get why. Why? Tyler, the NCAA doesn't govern the CFP anymore. The no. CFP is a different body. If you don't govern the postseason anymore, why are you levying punishment on the postseason? Well, not just that. How big of a joke is it that you don't have control over your own postseason? That's like outsourcing yeah. the Super Bowl and the NFL playoffs away from Roger Goodell's office. This is my, In what world does this exist? This is my entire point. For a decade plus, maybe longer, maybe 20 years, the NCAA has seen their cojones shrivel up into their rib. They're, they have no balls at all. None. They don't have any power. You remember Roy Williams mm-hmm. was committing academic fraud for two decades at North Carolina. And it was like... Point blank proven. And school lawyers bullied the NCAA so badly that they got nothing. Like every time something happens at one of these schools, the NCAA tries to flex their muscles and the big boy lawyers bully the hell out of them. I feel like Michigan's going to get hit with a sledgehammer, but I also kind of know at the end of this, the NCAA is going to find a way to insert their head where the sun don't shine and screw up how this gets handled. So... Why are you bothering to flex what little muscle you have left on the little guy when everyone in America would like them to compete? 
If you went out and asked anybody who knows anything about college football, do you think James Madison should be allowed to play for a conference title and go to a bowl game? Every single person would answer yes. There's no crime involved in elevating. There's no crime involved. They tried to better themselves, and their reward for it is you don't get to have any postseason competition for the best season you may ever have in your school. And I'm not lobbying for them to be some sort of playoff team, even though they're undefeated. Like, No. But they should be in consideration for a New Year's Six. They, they would be. They'd be the best G5 team. They'd automatically get a uh, New Year's Six Bowl. This is Western Michigan going undefeated with P.J. Fleck, and you go get Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl. This is what it should be for James Madison. You should get to play, I, I don't know, Oregon State. Somebody yeah. who's just going to miss out on the playoff spot and get one of those New Year's Six Bulls, that should be what you're anticipating at the end of this season. You should be allowed to play for a conference title. Like, think about the fact the Sun Belt has a... Te- and I know nobody gives a rat's ass about the Sun Belt. But they have a 10-0 and team in conference that should be playing for a championship. They're the first-place team. And instead, we're going to have to watch 7-3 and three Coastal Carolina play 8-2 and two Troy while James Madison sits on the couch. It's garbage. It, they didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing, no reason to punish them. They didn't cheat. There were no impermissible benefits. They weren't taking advantage of a transfer They're portal. They're working at a disadvantage. Correct. You're wor- like it- <laughs> They're just good. Like, just let them play, man. It makes no sense. They're playing left-handed, and somehow they're they're 10 and 0. Like, I, I, I don't understand how this got to this point with JMU, to the point where the the state of Virginia attorney general is getting involved, I think, trying to say that it's illegal for the NCAA to to, to not let them play in a bowl. Good. At this point, it, it is pretty insane that it's gotten to this level. Um, but, I, like, I look at this, and I'm like, there's, I, I don't see why we're punishing the athlete, why we're punishing the coaching staff, why we're punishing the university for for just trying to elevate themselves. Like, listen, the, the fans showed up today to game yeah. day. Like, yeah. that looks like a protest of against the NCAA. It was packed yesterday for McAfee's show. It's packed today for game day. It, it looks incredible out there. It's just so dim-witted by the NCAA. When you see this team's on college game day, the fans are passionate That's about ESPN, it. That's ESPN, by the way, sticking it to the NCAA, Absolutely. Too. And, you like, America's going to watch this. Like, people want to see this team go someplace. You could get TV ratings out of a bowl that would otherwise be watched by friends and family just by putting JMU in because America loves the story. You want to know what? Jim Harbaugh says Michigan is America's team. Uh uh uh, sir. James Madison, that's America's team well, right there. Michigan is America's team in the sense that, you know, they <laughs> haven't won anything of meaning since World War II and scream loudly that they're the best. They are America's team. Um, no, dude, like JMU to me, here's what I want from the NCAA go the F away, just step aside. You can continue to govern the NCAA tournament and men's basketball. You can continue to govern non-revenue sports. Do what you got to do. But football, you don't even have power over the postseason anymore. The CFP is different. The CFP has left you. The committee is no longer an NCAA body. They're gone. The Big Ten and the SEC the last couple of years have realized they're bigger than you. 
and they can choke you out to get what they want in terms of realignment. That's why realignment has reached the point that it's gotten to. All of these conferences, the big ones, and if the ACC gets a better deal and the Big 12 is getting a better TV deal, all four of them could realize that they are bigger than you. Yeah. Just go away. Stop. Go away. You've got an independent Notre Dame that could survive on its own. Correct. Like just, An independent school. Just stop. Stop governing this sport. This sport can live on its own. It's yeah. got, it makes so much money that it doesn't need you anymore. So just leave. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants to hear from you. I, I'm tired of them. They're garbage. They're scumbags. They're going to fumble the punishment at Michigan the same way they fumbled it at North Carolina, the same way they fumbled it at USC, which was way too severe. How about the way they fumbled it at Penn State? Want me to keep going? They screw it up every single time. Just go away. We don't need you anymore. Yeah. It's the out-of-touch body that tries to govern one of the biggest entities in American sports. All right. When we come back, one of the biggest games with playoff implications takes place out west. We'll preview Washington and Oregon State when we come back here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgates presented by Twin Peaks. Don't forget every single week, usually on Mondays. In this week's case, it was a one Wednesday, right? Maybe Tuesday. I don't remember. Schedule was a little odd this yeah, week. You had some you had some issues. Um, but we give you the Chicago's College Tailgate recap podcast, recapping all the big games and moments and everything you need to know in the college football world. We do that every single week on the Chicago's College Tailgate podcast feed. So check it out, subscribe, rate, all that fun stuff. Uh, we love talking college football with you every single week. That way we don't do a lot of the recap in here on Saturdays, more the getting into the nuts and bolts of the week of college football that we have ahead of us here. All right. We have one of the biggest games in the sport, and it's taking place in Corvallis. You've got number five, Washington, number 12, Oregon State. Right now the line is... Oregon State as a two-point favorite against Washington at the moment. This opened as Washington being a slight favorite. It has flipped over a field goal the other way now with the Beavers, currently the new favorite. And this is one of those big games where Washington, like we kind of highlighted this at the beginning of the year. Washington's in this stretch now. It was with uh, USC, Utah, Oregon State, this three-game stretch. That that's why it was kind of the path was tough for Washington to get to the playoff in the first place. But they've knocked down the first two pins yep. and they've got one more to go here. And then you have the, the Apple Cup uh, to, to round things out at the end of the year. But this is the big one, this one. And then you win this and you've got a trip to the Pac-12 championship lined up. Yeah, they clinch it with a win today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they go to Vegas with a win over Oregon State. Um, the fact that they're dogs is astonishing. Yeah, it, it's it, look. Vegas is telling you what to do, and I'm going to choose to operate in a world where Washington loses this game tonight. What does that do to the playoff rankings? Is that the 
entry point for chaos because I don't really know if it changes the situation at all. Washington losing tonight as long as they take care of business against Wazoo and then we get the Washington-Oregon rematch in the Pac-12 title, I still think the winner of that game goes to the playoff. I would think that's the case, but the way that Alabama's playing now, I think murkies the waters a little bit because, all right, are they going to get in over Georgia? Is a Pac-12, a one-loss Pac-12 champion Washington with a loss to Oregon State getting in over Georgia? A one-loss SEC runner-up. And a two-time, I know this doesn't, this shouldn't go into the calculus, but you know subconsciously it does, over a one-loss, two-time reigning champion, Georgia. Well, Georgia, I think, will get in. Like, if Georgia wins today, which, again, I don't know that they're going to on the road, Neyland Stadium, checkerboard end zones in Tennessee, I, I don't know that they're going to. But assuming they do, and I believe the SEC title is already locked, Georgia and Bama will I believe play. you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Georgia can lose a game, or I don't think Georgia gets knocked out with a loss. They lose to Bama, they still get it. We've seen this how many times? Yeah. No, I where agree. they play the conference title, and it whoever wins, the loser still gets in. It feels like that's destined to happen as long as if Alabama if Al- loses, Alabama has to be out. the champion. Yes, right, they're mm-hmm. out, and then you just get Georgia, and we move forward, and there's no chaos. That's where I don't. I don't really feel like as much as this is a must win for Washington because you just want to have your destiny be in your hands. Mm-hmm. I don't think it creates chaos if they lose tonight because I think Washington, yes, controls their own destiny right now. But can Ohio State and Michigan both get in? No, I don't think the the strength of schedule for Michigan would be there because then even if you put Georgia and Bama both in. Then you have undefeated Florida State. Is there, like, Texas is not leapfrogging Washington and Oregon, even if Washington loses to Oregon State to me. The Oregon uh, State loss is a good loss. You're on the road as a dog. Nobody can say, well, that's what an ugly loss. We're going to knock you out. No, this is a strength of record loss. As long as you still win your conference, if you beat Oregon twice, like, Oregon is in thing no that, matter what they do, I the, think, as long as they went out. It's just the way that losses at this time of year kind of stick in your brain as a... Because, like, if it comes down to... If it comes down to Bama or Washington as, as one loss resumes after this week, right? Bama's losses to Texas. It's a better loss than, than Washington's. Is it? Even though it was in Tuscaloosa. Like, I think it is. It's the better team. I don't know. Like, I was just going to ask you, what means more, Texas winning at Tuscaloosa or Washington losing at Corvallis? And is it just because of when it happened? Because to me, Washington losing a November game at Corvallis, that's a—that's as difficult an environment as there really is. But I think certainly in the Pac-12. You're getting closer to the, the truest form of who your team is entering the playoff, and I think that matters to the committee. The, the loss in November... Hurts you way more than the loss in, what was that, October or September? It was September, yeah. Not for Alabama. I'm talking for Texas. Is the win at Tuscaloosa still more meaningful that it would jump them over Washington if Washington loses tonight but still wins the Pac-12? I don't think so. I I don't think that this is a chaos game is my point. Well, I think obviously the only way for redemption for Washington is to get the win against Oregon. But even then, I don't think it's it's cookie-cutter you're in. 
I still think there's a chance you don't get in, even if you lose tonight against Oregon State, a real possibility as an underdog heading to Corvallis. There, if you lose tonight and then go and beat Oregon, I don't think it's a lock that you're in the playoff. Is it a lock for Oregon? If like, How much does Washington losing tonight hurt Oregon's chances? I don't think it really does much for Oregon. Because Oregon, I think if Oregon wins the Pac-12, they're in. Because you've played clean football pretty much the whole time. And Washington will still be a top-10 team. So then how can we hold Washington out if they beat because Oregon Because of the again? timing of the loss. That's, that's what that's I can't the... stand about this stupid committee. It's like, why? Because you lost the game in November. Because it's to the form of what your playoff self will be. Right, but Texas, why does the Texas loss to Oklahoma mean less? Because it happened three weeks earlier. I think you know Texas, I mean? Texas has played with their food in another in a, a bunch of other games too. That like like last week you almost lost to TCU last week, right? And like you can wait, hand wave it away with well, Malik Murphy had to start because Quinn Ewers was out, but you did lose to o- Oklahoma with Quinn Ewers, and because that was what early October, it means less. Like that that just it doesn't work for me. Washington losing at Corvallis, non neutral site the way Texas-Oklahoma is. I would rather hold the Oklahoma loss against Texas than the Oregon State loss against Washington if they lose tonight. I don't think it's a chaos game. There is a chaos game on the board today. It's Georgia-Tennessee. Tennessee takes care of business in Knoxville, and we have official chaos. Because then I don't know what you do with Georgia. They drop a regular season game, I don't know what you do. Georgia, I I would think fall... They drop to what four? You get Michigan, Ohio State one, Michigan two, Florida mm-hmm. State three, Georgia four. This is assuming Washington loses too. If Georgia loses to Oklahoma or to Tennessee, I think Oregon would jump them. I think you'd have Oregon four, I, Georgia five. Yes, yeah, because I, the committee it feels like is trying to do everything, and they're they know they can't elevate Oregon over an undefeated right now, um, but they're doing everything in their power to elevate Oregon, like resume wise. Oregon doesn't have a better resume than teams like Texas or Bama. Like, Oregon doesn't really have that great of wins so far this season. You hate Utah. You hate the Utah wins so much. What is it? They are a glorified Iowa. They're not. They They are. Iowa couldn't score 52 points in their dreams. They could. 31. Okay. This is like currency, all right? 31 Big Ten points is equal to 55 Pac-12 points. Can they score right? 31 Big Ten points? They have. When? When did uh, they, they scored 30-something against some bad team. 31 points for a Big Ten team is the equivalent of 50 points for a Pac-12 team. Iowa scored 41 on Western Michigan. Other than that, they have scored <laughs> no more than 24 points all season. By the way, when are our shirts coming? Do you know? Uh, I think next week. I think on Tuesday they're supposed to All be delivered. Right. I go. survived. We under twenty seven. Yeah, what, what a great free. That got that got a little little dicey at the end. Utah put up fifty five on Arizona State, twenty eight on Washington. Iowa's not doing that in their dreams, Tyler. They can't. They can't do that much offense. I don't know. In a in a sex fueled fantasy, they can't score that much. They can't. This this slander that you're committing against Utah. Utah is Pac-12 Iowa. 
Oregon went on the road and beat them 35 to 6. They go to Washington and nearly beat the Huskies. Now, did it take a wide receiver losing his mind and dropping the ball on the goal? A linebacker. Some dumb things happening? Of course. But they put 28 on the Huskies in Seattle. Oregon went to their house, held them to six, and pumped them. You got to give credit to that win, man. Maybe in the middle. It's a good win. Like, it's a good win, but I don't think the opponent's all that much. It's a dominant win. No doubt it's a dominant win. And I give credit to dominant wins. You know what? There's a 19 next to Colorado's name when they played them. And you ripped that team earlier today, didn't you? Well, they're fake. All right. When we come back, let's craft ourselves the parlay. Again, we are out at 1030 to make way for Northwestern and Purdue football here on ESPN 1000. We'll craft our CCT parlay when we come back. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. You know what America needs, Tyler? What's that? America needs... More than we need JMU in the postseason, more than whatever has to happen in Michigan. America needs someone to beat Florida State. And I say that as somebody with a <laughs> national title future well, on the Seminoles. it's not going to be today because they're playing nobody university. Abilene Christian, right? Something uh, like that. What time is that game? Or is it North Alabama? It's some, I think it's North Alabama. Some yeah, garbage. America yeah, needs Alabama. someone to beat them because they are the biggest effing frauds I've watched all year. They play with their food in this stupid ACC that stinks. They're the fakest undefeated. We can't have them in a playoff. We can't. They will get eviscerated. They'll be the classic uh, old Washington uh, 2015 Michigan State, that Notre Oklahoma. Dame team, Oklahoma. They Pick are, your year, Oklahoma. They are the sacrificial lamb that goes to the playoff to get bombed. Nobody needs it. Someone do everyone in America a favor and beat this team. That's all. It's a PSA. Well, there's a decent chance it could happen in the ACC championship when they will face off with Louisville, who still has a... Somewhat of a path to maybe sneaking their way into a playoff. They need no, a lot of no they need shot. a lot of chaos. No need a lot shot. of chaos, but they're not dead. They are not dead. I won't proclaim them dead. There is a point something percent chance of them still surviving here. All right, let's get into our parlay for the week as we are off a little bit early today at ten thirty four Northwestern football. And who do you like for today's pick? I will get to this in the picks as well. I'm going with Oregon State. Okay. It is my favorite play on the board. You have a 12th ranked home team as a short favorite against an undefeated. That is an automatic bomb. Corvallis is so hard to play at. Both lines are really strong. I think it's one and a half or two right now one is the and number. One is what I'm seeing. Oregon State minus one and a half is my parlay pick. All right. I'm going to roll with something that Tom Waddle actually turned me on to, and I saw it was at 11 a.m. today, and I like it. It is SMU and Memphis. Both of those teams are flamethrowers right now. They're putting up 40s and 50s, and they square off today. They don't play defense. They score a lot of points. Yep. Over 65 and a half in that game. Could be played in the 80s or 90s. Pony Express. I like this one a lot. So uh, we will go over 65 and a half in SMU and Memphis. Potsy, what do you like? 
All right, guys. I let us down last week. Jayhawks I couldn't too. get it done. But this week, I'm going with Miami. It's the only team that I have that's not an over-under today on my board. I love the U. We'll break down the game a little bit more shortly. But today, it's the U. There's no reason why they should be favored. I'm picking them. I believe they're a pick them right now. So I'm going Miami. All right. So to round it all out, you've got over 65.5 in SMU and Memphis. You've got Oregon State minus 1.5. And you've got Miami in a pick em. It gets you to plus 638 on a three-legger. And if you're on FanDuel, 30% boost on a three-plus leg parlay, plus 829. Potsy, what are the vibes on this? The vibes are up, boys. We're so due. I'm ready for this one. This is going to hit. I got a really good I'm going to throw a couple units on this, this parlay. This one's- I did. There we go. I this did. one's like, if we, if we hit the first two legs of this, all right? Because those first two are 11 a.m. So then yep. we got to wait till yep. 6.30 for yep. the third leg. Yep. So we're like kind of antsy the rest of the day. We're due. But we got to make it through 11 a.m. Well, yeah. Make it through 11 a.m. first. All right, let's not count our chickens. I got to tell you, I think the U is a sharp pick by you, Potsy. I, I like that Miami selection today against Louisville. What did you Lu- say last night? You said Pottinger knows ball. That yeah. was your response. I love that. Louisville love that. is another one of those fake-ass teams. You know They're many, just waiting for it. Yeah. You know how many true road games Louisville's played this year? It's week 12. True road games? Two. Two. It's week 12. They've played two true road games. Go to Miami, play at Hard Rock, sit in the sun. Good luck. Best of luck mm. to you. The, the two true road games they played, they played that barn burner where against NC State where nobody could score. And... I don't remember the other one, but the, the two true road games. Didn't they? They opened neutral site against Georgia Tech, didn't they? Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's how they began their season. So they're fake. All right, those are the picks. We will get to more picks coming up a little after ten fifteen. But coming up next, a few more big games on the slate that we want to preview, including could Michigan be on upset watch today? Uh oh. We'll discuss all that and more when we come back on Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.